So I'm traveling on my own for 10 days through Portugal. It's the heat of summer, it's sultry, it's sweaty, it's beautiful. I'm in the city of Porto. And if you haven't been to Porto, or maybe if you, if you have been to Porto, it's a beautiful city and there's old European buildings and little cobblestone alleyways and a river that goes right through the middle of town. It's really lovely. I'm there alone and I gotta work out some thoughts. So what do I do when I need to work out some thoughts? I throw on my running shoes, put the little key card for my apartment in my pocket, put on my little running watch, which has a little map to get home, and that's it. And I head out the door. I'm running around and it really is beautiful there. And I appreciate these like beautiful hills and all these old European buildings and the little gondolas going down the river. And I also see, remember, it's Europe and it's the middle of summer, all these beautiful women. And I'm running by and I feel great when I see the buildings and when I see these historic, you know, th these historic buildings and the river and the mountains and the clouds. But when I see these women and pass by them, something hurts. It's a different kind of feeling. And I think, why does that hurt so much? It turns out what's happening is that I'm confusing what I want with what I need. And this is so common um, that it's almost at the essence of a spiritual practice. So today I want to talk about what that feels like to confuse wants and needs, how we identify when we're even doing that, and how we move on past that. When I'm talking about wants and needs, another way to think about that is passions and desires. I think of passions as like our lust for life, our experience of possibilities and being alive. But desire, as I define it, is the difference between what reality is and what our brains try to convince us reality is. We want passion. We want to be alive. We want to love women or men or whoever it is. We want to experience the world and see possibilities. We don't want desire. So let's get back to Porto. I'm running around and I'm running. I'm running. I was going to do like a 45 minute run and like now I'm an hour in. I check my watch and it has that little map on it that's supposed to get me right back to my apartment. But I head back to the beginning of where I started my watch and my apartment's not there because it actually didn't start mapping until about two blocks from my apartment. Okay, no problem. I just run around, find my apartment in two blocks, and there I am. I keep running. I keep running. Another half hour pass. I'm going in circles. I see the same things. I see the same little plaza again. I see it a third time. And like, I want to say... I'm pretty good at orientation. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a cartographer. I love maps. I have a very good sense of direction. So as I go another hour, I'm like at like six miles, seven miles, eight miles in, running around Porto. I, I'm thirsty. I didn't have any water, no money, nothing. And I start to realize something. Because all this stuff about passion and desire, wants and needs has been going through my head. And I realize 
I'm in a labyrinth. You know, like a labyrinth is like you're caught inside it. It's a maze and you have to figure out how to get out. And I just want to say I'm the most rational person you'll ever meet. I have a PhD in science and I'm a critical thinker. I am not a woo-woo person. But having said that, I know that I am in the middle of a labyrinth and I know the only way to get out is to solve the secrets. So I stop for a minute and I think, how do you get out of a labyrinth? What's happening in my brain? Maybe that's a clue. And what I see is that I need to take a path that's unexpected. I need to take a different path. I've been doing the same path and I feel like I've been doing a different path. I feel like I've been going down different alleyways, but I think maybe if I go down an alleyway that doesn't feel right, that feels different, that feels uncomfortable, that feels new, maybe that's the trick. So I do another loop around this little plaza. I see a street and I know that's the wrong street. I've passed it five times. It's a dead end. I can just tell. But I think, wait, I have to get out of the labyrinth. Maybe this is a metaphor. I go down the street and a block later, there's my apartment. Somehow it's there. Now, what does this have to do with want and need? My brain has been doing the same pattern, circles over and over and over in the same patterns. And I want to just say a little bit about why that's happening in my brain. It all goes back, as so many of our issues do, to childhood. One reason is I experienced childhood trauma and sexual abuse when I was young. And I'll add that anyone who was in any way involved in that is far removed from my life. That, in turn, along with an extreme shyness um, and the other regular mini traumas of childhood, led to me going almost a decade without any sort of female contact. And I'm a guy who like really loves women. I love sex. I love connection. Over time, I grew up and I learned about myself, but that deep wound stuck with me, that lost time. Even when I got married, even when I became confident in myself, that old story of scarcity stuck with me. My life changed, but my identity hadn't caught up with it. So I realized as I'm running around Porto that my mind is doing these loops. It's going through the same little courtyards. And even though I feel like I'm in new places, it's actually retracing the same steps. And the only way out was to really challenge how I thought about myself, how I thought about my identity, how I thought about my sexuality and my own relationship to scarcity and need. And as soon as I started thinking, maybe I'm enough, maybe I'm whole in and of myself and I don't need something to fulfill me, something just felt like it changed. Just like when I headed down that alley and found the apartment, I was like, oh, this little change in how I was thinking about things totally changed my experience. The problem was not that I wasn't whole and that I needed something external. The problem was the stories in my brain. And I want to make a point here that this wasn't, the problem here wasn't my sexual thoughts or my attraction towards women. That's great. It was my thoughts about scarcity and wholeness. So this brings us all to Jagger's Law. 
Jagger's Law is one of the key spiritual truths. You know, like Jagger's Law, the Rolling Stones song, you can't always get what you want, but if you try, you can get what you need. And there's so much truth to that. If your mind is looping with the thought that you don't have what you need, you need to challenge that thought and look down different alleyways, knock on different doors. You'll see that what you actually need is there, but it may be in hiding. For me, I did need something. What I needed was to tell myself that I was whole, that there were possibilities, that I was good, that I wasn't alone. Now, did this experience cure me? It was extremely powerful, but enlightenment is a process. It's like an ongoing spiral and it's constant practice. So we find insights. We sometimes find, wow, I suddenly realized what I've been doing. I'm cured. And there's a lot to that. But then we come back to those same patterns. And each time, instead of getting hung up in the pattern itself, we just get we're able to go through the pattern more quickly. We're able to find our space, to find wholeness, to what I call the Tao or the way to find rightness more quickly. And each time you do that, you reinforce these new pathways and they overtake those old lame pathways. So we all have things. This is my thing, you have a thing too. And the key here is patience with ourselves. It takes a long time to reset our brain, especially when our experiences are embedded in childhood and have been carried with us through our lives. Give yourself patience, continue to challenge that thought that's not true, that you don't have what you need, and look around and find that what you really need is around you. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your comments, suggestions, whatever. You can shoot me an email at andrew at howtobegodpod.com. And I hope to catch up with you next time.